And I was like, I was so proud of our community. The creative channel is a thing now, just discussion. And I was like, this is really cool. Like our community is really awesome. Yeah. So shout out to everybody in the Discord. Not to sound like too corporate, but the engagement is, is very good. <laughs> Dad engagement though. <laughs> the key performance indicators for you. <laughs> but no, for really. But anyway, back to the question. Greetings, my internet people. It's your boy, Bradston, and welcome to another episode of the Super Agile Bros. You already know what it is. We're about to make it go off in this situation. But, of course, before we get started in, you know, the regular uh, banters and chattering, I gotta introduce the brothers. I gotta introduce the boys. First up to the stage, we got our brother, Kyle. How are you doing, sir? We in it. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing... I, yeah, I can't complain. It's another good day. Another day in paradise. Okay. Okay. And back from out of the woods is the mm. boy, the seductress, Steve. <laughs> Welcome back. Still smell like dirt. Making up new words in an effort to. <laughs> so I, I got I to gotta apologize for last week, guys. You know, I, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I thought about it and I just don't like y'all. It is personal. Yes. After, after you know, after after episode fifty, I started realizing how much I dislike everyone who listens to this podcast. Yes, yes. We told you the whole thing is. This all me. sounds really familiar. I can't tolerate it anymore. You know, all these plebeians are lesser than me. I just yes. needed time away from all of y'all. Wow, told you from the horse's there it is. mouth. From the horse's mouth. You know, from the Elf. wood horse's mouth. <laughs> You know, I mean, we we just spoke the truth. You know, we don't lie on this podcast. We we do we we're just we're just here to deliver the truth. You know, like the world is flat. And none of you believed us you in know? a certain sense, or what is it he says? From a certain point of view, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the world is flat. Things like that. So, um, <laughs> never been think, to space. You know, <laughs> there there is no space. Your, your parents space, love you. Space is fake. Ooh. Ooh, oh my! From a certain point of view. Yeah. I mean, it's your own fault for believing that in the first place. Yeah. Santa Claus is real. Your parents love you. So <laughs> today's going to be a good episode. All of them are always great. You know. Uh, That's right. That's also the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, believe us. But uh, so this episode is kind of interesting because we had one thing planned for today's episode. Things didn't work out the way that we wanted to. But next episode, that thing will be happening you can probably guess what it is, but you probably can't. So good luck. Um, but so recently, a lot of different things have been happening in the world of the Internet. And I think uh, I'm not going to talk about them necessarily. They may come up in conversation today. But uh, one thing I think that's been on the mind of the brothers is just this idea of what the world of like content creation, streaming, mm -hmm. YouTubers, all that type of stuff and we wanted to have a little conversation about, you know, what is it really like to make content? What does it feel like? A whole lot of different stuff. The conversation can go all over the place. But um, I think it'll be a good one. It's one that me and the bros have from time to time in our special Slack channel. So I wanted to start off with a simple question uh, for all of us to answer. The simple question is, what makes somebody a content creator? What makes them certified in these streets? Certified. 
as a content creator. A CCC, if so you will. Certified. You've implied that you have to be certified. Certified. I don't know if I don't know if I would have made that assumption to start. S- street certified. You ever heard that term? If somebody's street certified. Yeah, either either <laughs> either certified or street certified. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still an outside certification happening. Yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily part of. There's still a five week course. I mean, that you have to go through. I mean, if you okay, if you don't believe there's a certification process in becoming a content creator, what what, what makes somebody a content creator then? If they don't get certified. At a minimum, well, I don't gotta get certified. What are they gonna do? Uh, <laughs> I mean, basically, someone who creates content, uh, probably a lot of overlap with influencers, um, mm. at least for the more popular ones, for the certified ones, you know, they're influencers. Okay, maybe that's what it is. If you get certified, you influence, okay. uh, but yeah, I think someone who makes content, especially. Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say like anyone who ever makes any content, but like it's the difference between writing and being a writer, you know, like okay. you don't have to be successful to be a writer, but you have to write more than just, you know, once. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. So, so are you, okay. Well, I, I'll just answer this answer and say, like you said, Steve, I don't think you could just be, just because you, copy a meme and then paste it on your Facebook page, you're all of a sudden the content creator. I think it's similar to somebody who is an athlete or something. Like it has to be something that you're like, like some people are athletic, right? And some people are creative, but that doesn't mean that you're an athlete or a creator, right? So I think like an athlete is somebody who pursues the goal of being successful in the athletic realm. Yeah. And whatever that measure of success is, is up to them. And similarly, a creator is somebody who, you know, pursues success in the creative realm. And in our day and age, I think a content creator is somebody who makes content for the public other than themselves or their friend group. Well, maybe their friend group if it, but, but yeah, just out on the internet. The public. I think on the surface, it's got to be something made with the intent to share it and for other people to consume. Or else it's I don't I don't know what it falls into, but that's kind of, I guess, the criteria is that you can't make it like you were saying for yourself. And then and then it moves into the influencer whenever you become like a credible source of value in that area. So you can Mm -hmm. be a content creator before. You're an influencer because, I mean, you could be a, for even athletics and creative ventures, you can be a poor content creator, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could, oh, well, so, yeah, you could be a bad athlete, you know, like somebody who's never made it on a team, but it's still your pursuit. So, so I feel like that's, so like when you, when I think of the word, when somebody says, oh, I'm a content creator, I think I naturally go to, I'm a professional or, or, or I'm a, I'm a. I don't know, like a consistent, like yeah. maybe that's what I, I'm thinking. Like, well, it's like what you said. You know, it's this. It's the intent. You know, like you're the the intent is to find success in that realm. It isn't just to like do whatever. 
I think it goes back to the idea you said earlier, Steve, about doing something once. I mean, if you do it a lot, then that's how you get, like for the, the music example, you do something yeah. so much that you get so proficient at it that you become a musician, but you can be a content creator because you play music. But if you only play music once, then you have one piece of content out there, but the word creator kind of insinuates that there's a continuous flow of some sort. Sure, yeah. Hmm. And it isn't, it isn't, um, oh dang, I had two separate points and now they've kind of muddled in my head as you were speaking. Muddle them. They have become one. Muddle them, boys. I, uh, I might have to get back to you. I think, yeah, I might have to get back to you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, so, so there's like this other ex- part of all of like con- being a content creator, because I feel like there's people who will say I'm a content creator, but like there's a joke on the internet that like if somebody's like comes to you and says like oh like oh what's your career i'm a content creator that probably means they don't have a job <laughs> you know like sure. they, yeah. they just well, that's, if that's if that's all they say yeah like, you know the implication is that people would lead with their professional careers first yeah like i'm a, nothing against all my artistic people out there but like if you say like oh i'm an artist okay what you trying to i'm say? a musician as kyle said like does that mean that are you a professional content creator? Are you a professional musician? You know, yeah. I feel like there's delineations. Yeah, the yeah. connotation hasn't really gone away from, yeah, like the starving artist thing. Mm-hmm. It definitely carries over into the content creation just because there's a lot of video and photography, a lot sure. of overlap with, I guess, more popular art, if you will. So here's a, here's a thought, right? Um, photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna ask: Can photog is photography part of? Because in my head, like writing, is kind of like content. It's within what I would say is the realm of being a content creator. And I was gonna ask about photography, but now that I think about it, there are people who photograph, like, you know, uh, for weddings or you mm-hmm. know for events or something, and it's it's. It's to sell the photographs to a client, but there mm-hmm. are also people. So I was going to say, oh, is that content creation? But there's also people who are doing more artistic photography, and either professionally or otherwise. And I would say that's probably is content creation. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to that idea that it's publicly available or accessible in some capacity. Of course, there can be like a paywall, like oh, like you know, people have Patreons, right? So they have like their YouTube channel and they're like, oh, if you want to see exclusive content, come to our Patreon. But I feel like a photographer, going back to that example, like if there's a photographer who takes pictures and then posts all their photos on a blog or something, a public blog, or makes video compilations of their photos, or, you know, is on, uh, what's that site? I don't even know if that site exists. There used to be a photo site. Um, not, not, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what Tumblr is. But there's another site uh, that people used to put photos up on all the time. It's like M Imgur. Ah, uh, Un- no. Unsplash Photo Bucket. No, it, it was it was kind of like Deviant Art. No, I, I can't remember. Deviant Art's a good example. If it, if it comes back to me, probably on Deviant Art as well. But yeah, if you put it on a public space where you can like reach people and grow a following, and 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 I think that's one part of it. Like it's not just making content to be purchased 
right? You could be an artist who makes paintings and sells them to private collectors. But it's Mm -hmm. also like you're making content with the expressed purpose of gaining a following in the public sphere. So it's branding as well. Maybe. I don't know. What do y'all I'm I'm questioning socially I think it's socially poised. Like you know, the your the intent is to use like some sort of, I guess, social media platform. Because the, the difference, I guess, between doing it for a client is that it's you know, a, a two way transaction. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're creating content, it's for other people to consume and then talk about within themselves. Maybe they share it. And so it's like you're generating it's kind of hard to explain, I guess. You're like generating this momentum based on the thing you put out there, versus, I guess, you make it you make it for some a specific purpose and then it stops there. Hmm. And so, like that social element is, I think, a, integral to what makes you a content creator in the the grand scheme of things. You, know, it makes me think about like graffiti artists, like like them being like the original content creators, <laughs> because. Mm. You can't think of anything before graffiti artists that would have. I mean, there's probably there's probably other things, right? But like they per they they make content, which would be their graffiti, their art. They put it on public in public spaces, trains, billboards, walls, or whatever. And their whole goal is to you know create their name to be bigger, you know, to go to go big, to go what what I used to call it, uh, to go um. You go viral now. Citywide. There's a phrase like go citywide or whatever. Streets ahead. You know, like their goal is like people will know them all over and then they can travel and like, oh, snap, you know, you know, Banksy. Well, Banksy just hit up this area. Oh, like, you know, uh, Totem, Killer Totem, he hit up this spot, you know, um, Great and Bates. I'm just naming some random graffiti artists like their names grow from their content and that's how they continue to grow their eminence right from building an audience just purely from putting content on public spaces you know like that feels like i mean now we say it's like in a digital format but that's kind of what i feel like is like the one of the originators of like content creation for the public sake you know i could see that yeah and before that, I guess would be cave paintings. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And the crazy part about that is, you know, before the internet, I guess, was so widespread, there was graffiti, but it was just someone would take a picture, it'd be in a news article. And so now it's like at the same time someone could see a picture of a wall thousands of miles away, easier than they could before then, it's also harder to find or to even get discovered because there's so many people doing the exact same thing. And so it's like, it's very, it's very competitive in that sense. So it's still just as, I guess, um, daunting of a task to get discovered in that way, you know, to be found in the tri-state area, to be able to travel because somebody found your graffiti. Mm-hmm. Even if you're, even if you're a solely digital content creator these days. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it makes me go back to this idea of, like, what is a professional content creator? Because, like, just like I think there are a lot of athletes who are not professionals, right? Like, somebody who played football in college or, you know, in high school. Like, they're athletes, but they're not professional football players. Mm. Like, do you when you, mm. when you when you make it to that extent, that's, I guess, when you're actually being paid 
To, that's that's right? the definition of professional, yeah. Is that paid for definition it, yeah. of professional? Being paid yeah. to do some thing? Yeah, if if you can if you're making a living or I don't know if you have to make a living, if you're getting paid, but definitely if you're making a living, then you are a professional. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean I guess it makes sense. There's a lot of rappers and then there's like professional rappers, right? There's a lot of musicians and then there's professional musicians, you know? Yeah. Um there there's some there's somebody who was talking about how they know a person who's like one of the best, let's just say like archers or something. I'm just choosing a random thing. I know that's not correct. Like they're one of the best archers in the world, but they never compete, you know? Like they can beat any professional, like professionals will come to their place and lose yeah. to them. But the person's like, Yeah, this is just something that I do for me and I never want to compete, you know? And oh. it's like, wow, he's like a a master bowman or whatever, but he's not a professional bowman. Which is interesting, you know? Like so there's there's probably like a, a gradient where there's people who are really great at making content, for example, ourselves, but we're <laughs> but we're not making <laughs> Nobody laughed. <laughs> <laughs> set. I was just waiting for the setup. <laughs> uh, you know, but nobody's but we're not here trying to monetize anything. You know what I'm saying? Like we could right. probably do a big push marketing and push it all out there, but we're like, you know, we're content yeah. creators, but we're not professionals. You know, so I guess that's the the distinction between the proficient and the professional is is the person who's proficient at it getting paid, like you said earlier. You know, if they're but should I wonder though if that should make them I guess in the eyes of a novice especially any less of a professional because it's it's not like they don't have the ability to be a professional. It's more of a, mm-hmm. a I guess a choice at that point. Yeah, I think there's confusion because we have kind of conflated the term professional with skill, but it I, th- I think it literally just means you're getting paid. And there's there is a connotation of, oh, you must be skillful because you're getting paid and if you weren't yeah, skillful, yeah. who would pay you? Ooh, and, yeah. you know, if you weren't getting paid uh or if if you weren't reliable, who would pay you? You know, all these other things that make a professional stand out above an amateur but Mm -hmm. those are all just connotations and technically you're right like an amateur could be more skilled or more reliable or just a better person for a job or whatever for a concert than a professional i mean if if anything if if society tells us anything it's not necessarily the people who are best at a thing that are at the top of their field professionally it's the people who are best at selling that bill of goods right like How many musicians, like how many singers exist? And nothing against professional singers, but some of them are like good, like great. There's some great ones. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like from what I understand, Lady Gaga can kill it. You know what I'm saying? Like she can sing, you know, but like then there's other artists who might not be at her level, but are making maybe more money than her or less or I mean, or equivalent. And then there's people who are probably even better than Lady Gaga who can't, you know, like book a gig, they can't break into the scene. Yeah, you know, getting a hundred views on TikTok. Yeah, and they got the most incredible range, and so there's definitely you're definitely right when you say that. Like we generally connotate professional to skilled because I'm, I mean, 
I don't want to. There's come. another reason, actually. There's mm-hmm. another reason for that. And I think it's because, well, if you are a professional, then for you getting better at your whatever, at your skill is an investment in your mm-hmm. career. Okay. And so you actually spend time and money doing that. Whereas someone who's an amateur, you know, they probably have to have some other job to live. And for them, that's a much less useful investment. And so hmm. probably professional people get better faster than amateurs because they actually so need and want to. Solely focused on maybe that or major, primarily focused might be a better, yeah. better way to say it. So like when we talk about like indie devs, it's always like, oh yeah, I worked on this game for 10 years in my basement on a shoestring budget. But then I just decided one day I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and, you know, kind of made the bet they would become professional, but they invested mm-hmm. all their time and, and energy into making this game happen or getting better or doing whatever. Yeah, that's so interesting because like I, I just even think about my story like in game dev, right? Like I left my job and I made an app and I kickstarted it and it was hundred percent my time, successful Kickstarter, published it on the app store, you know, got it out there. But I would have never at that time considered myself a professional game developer. You know what I'm saying? Even though I was a hundred percent engaged in that industry, like I would just say, like I'm still an amateur. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you're you're trying to be professional. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like there is like one part of okay, a hundred percent or primary dedication, but also being like recognized <laughs> in your field, making it or by customers or consumers or listeners or viewers watch whatever so just like that so so let me ask y'all this what makes some you you said this earlier steve influencer Mm. what makes somebody an influencer Mm. like is it oh well yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that instead of like like what do you think somebody an influencer I think what makes someone an influencer is their ability to uh, affect trends. So if when they do something, make something, say something that if it in their space or even outside of their space, that things shift and change. Like if somebody's watching them and then, you know, make basing their content on them or going to them for more knowledge, any of those things. I think when it comes beyond, I guess, someone just consuming the content, but like there's an expectancy to have something alter because they produce content. Hmm. So not just having a lot of followers, but having either the like, yeah, having followers that will shift and move at their beck and call. It's pretty it's like, much. Yeah, It's like, um. This this thing is like, uh, like in UFC, like there's like everybody's favorite fighter, like the fans, and then it's like the fighter's favorite fighter, like mm. it's the person who sets the standard for like what it means to be a fighter, even if they're not uh-huh. the most popular or the best, they could be the influencer within that industry, but like in content creation, like let's take Mr. Beast for example, like he's clearly a professional content creator. But he's also an influencer. Like, if he were to just completely change everything, like, hey, from now on, my videos are going to be three minutes long. 
that's what the algorithm said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If he says that, <laughs> yeah. everybody's going to follow him. Like, even other big, you know, content creators. Because he kind of, you know? I mean, that's one thing. Of it. I, but I guess my head, in my head, influencing isn't just... Like, that's like a high-level thing. I was thinking more like if Mr. Beast says, hey, here's a charity to plant trees, like, that charity is going to blow up because everyone's mm. going to start doing it into that charity. Yeah. Like, that's his power as an influencer. Yeah, I could see. So they also command power outside of their, like, di- like not even just directly. Within. But from their viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From their viewers. But, I mean, there's people who, okay, say somebody has a, a following of 100K, like, followers on YouTube right and they have very very like a strong fan base like they'll never get a million fans but they have a hundred k strong fans support them in everything buy their merch blah 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 Mm -hmm. would you say that that person's an influencer Ooh. um probably yeah i mean a hundred thousand people is a lot of people what if they have a hundred and it seems i would say you're barely an influencer (laughs) i mean so the part of the i don't know part maybe this is more connotation stuff but influencers also are in my head they're not just people with followers that can enact change but are people who are selling a lifestyle you know like i always think about like when i think about like instagram or tiktok influencers it's always people who act like they're rich, go on a bunch of cool, go do cool adventures, travel a yeah. lot. High fashion. High fat. Yeah. All this like yeah, ultra bougie stuff. And people want to have that lifestyle and that's why they follow them. That's And that's a kind of a narrow view of influencers because we, we've been talking about all these other ways that someone could be an influencer. But that's my first thought. And so I'm like, you can't do that if you only have 100, <laughs> 100 people following you. But but if yeah, you, I guess it would come down to I guess the individual level because I think I think you could influence like if you have a genuine hundred person following, you know, that does see the things you do as I guess better than their current lifestyle or status or like mm-hmm. you're still like and I don't know how that it's always a mystery how people find other people and how the how their communities develop, but. They have like interests. And so, I don't know. I feel like it would almost be unfair just because they don't have the mass of a larger influencer that if those people are, I guess, genuinely involved in the community of this 100 subscriber channel, page, whatever it is, to say that they, they're they not an influencer, I guess, just because they have less influence by comparison. I mean... Sure. I would maybe in that case say they're less of an influencer or they're a less successful influencer. Cause, I'd agree with that, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, numbers are on a scale, so so can this be. One thing makes me think that like an influencer isn't just about how many people follow you per se, but it's also like how like your active like goals are to kind of maybe not actively, but like, think about, like, so there's some channels on YouTube that have, like, 10 million followers mm-hmm. or fo- uh, subscribers, but they only release content, like, once every three months, right? Yeah. yeah. And gets huge views, hundreds of millions of views, like, gets spread around. But I wouldn't consider those channels channels that are influencers, right? Right. And that's, I'd agree that's with because that, of yeah. what I said, right? Because 
there isn't necessarily like they're not really selling their brand or their lifestyle. The the content is what people like. But then I would say somebody like Abba and Preach, who they have a strong following, they persistently make content and they do it on different platforms. I would say they're influencers. Like you wouldn't. I would say they're influencers. Oh yeah, I would say. <laughs> and they actively in their videos are like, "Do not Zionize us. We are just dudes. We are just y'all are our fans, not our friends." <laughs> like they just share their thoughts and opinions honestly, genuinely, whatever, however you want to take their approach. But I feel like it's also just how connected they are to their community that makes them influencers, not just that like they're trying to get people to follow them. Like, uh, yeah, you know I don't I mean? know if, if trying that hard is like the biggest, influ- uh, biggest indicator. Like, yeah, like I, they're not talking about their lifestyle. Like you don't re- really know what they do outside of what they make on YouTube, but they do really influence the discourse that happens amongst a lot of communities, you know? Yeah. Between they the, kind of, the consistency. They do kind of talk about their lifestyle, though. Like, they don't have a, a ridiculous lifestyle, but they're very much putting forth this image of, like, down-to-earth, respectful mm. people, give what you get, um, not being caught up. You know, they, they, they cast themselves in contrast to, like, the alpha red pill type folks and who are, like, really obsessed with image and money and you know vapid sex but like they don't like like there's there's kind of a lifestyle there it's not maybe as like insane and and highly saturated as you know logan paul's lifestyle but they're countercultural. There's, there's something there they're countercultural. Yeah, yeah. but like it it seems like that's not they're only countercultural because that's just who they are and their influence just happens to be a nature of their content has a certain impact you know like sure regardless like I mean, mr I, mr you're, you're beast, definitely right mr beast is definitely an influencer but he's like i like to make really crazy videos <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i well, think the type of content also does play a big part like the album preach example first off they're super consistent like if you watch one of their videos they have an enormous backlog and then you're gonna get their newest video in your recommendations tomorrow because they're posting something but then also they're covering n- new topics, things that are happening in the news. So it's always trendy, typically, what they're talking about. And so that influences people's opinions because they're giving their opinions at the same time somebody else is learning about it or hearing about it for the first time. And so that influences how people think. And then, yeah, they have a, a massive following. And then because of all these things combined, they're getting you know, noted by other large creators. And so it's like a conversation that they're having in their space because we as watchers don't live in the world of these giant content creators, but they're feeding off of each other and pulling all this information, they're covering the same information sometimes mm-hmm. and then having varying opinions. And, and yeah, I think because of the consistency too, that you can kind of glean their lifestyle, their tendencies, what things they prefer over others especially when they make comments about you know something that happens that they either really agree with or really disagree with. And you really get to see, you know, a, the a, a, their heart, I guess, on that matter. Yeah. Yeah, it, it keeps making me think that, like, the more 
like if you're consistent in your present a lot, like if you make a quite a bit of content frequently that's consistent and good and your audience likes it, you kind of invariably just become a influencer because like you're very present in people's lives. And like you said, like even if you're not directly saying like, oh, I live in this town and I do this and I have jets and I do, you know what I'm saying? People still can glean what your lifestyle is like. And who you are behind the scenes. You know, like they, oh, I want to be like Abba and Preach. Da, da, da. Yeah. You know, I want to be like the Kardashians. <laughs> who are maybe, they're more upfront about it. But it's, it still has the same kind of impact in a way. You know, I, th- I think something else about influencers specifically is that in my, another thing in my head, maybe. It's just in my head. But is it's like... If you say you're an influencer, it almost feels like that's uh, that implies that there's not much else, right? Like that your content is just, I don't know, it's, it's, how do I put this? Like if you're a writer, you're kind of an influencer, right? Because people read what you write and they like you and they, they whatever. Mm-hmm. You have followers and maybe you can change some opinions with your Twitter account or something. But... Like, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm an influencer. You'd say you're a writer. It almost feels like if you say you're an influencer, it means that the content you're creating is missing other elements hmm. of creativity. And so with Abba and Preach, they're just telling their opinions, you know. So there's, like, there's nothing else you could call them. Commentators, maybe? Uh, yeah, commentary. Commentators is good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's So, like so now here's another question. Non, Can you... Non- do you have to self-identify as an influencer like no like or is it just a title that's given to you like no even if I you're not trying to given. do that you know i think it's given uh, for different reasons but mainly because of i guess the impact that you have because i know people who i guess wouldn't consider themselves influencers that you know, they're just content creators and they get really involved with their communities, mm-hmm. uh, m- mostly like gaming channels and stuff that I hear this about. But so they, they, they grow and they get bigger than they ever expect. But they continuously make like the same stuff. So they're not trying to influence anybody and they're just making gaming content, playing games. But then they become or get the influencer tag whenever they get in trouble because mm-hmm. they say, well, you have this massive following. So you have influence over all these people that are following after you. So the thing you did. You took advantage of them as an influencer, not as a content creator. You know what it is now, I've realized? In my head, I've always... So I, I think this is... Here's a thought. I think that influencer is the exact... Almost the exact same thing as celebrity. You know, Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. If you're an actor, then you're probably famous and you can be a celebrity. But if you're a celeb... If you're just a celebrity, like... There are people who are famous for basically no reason. Kardashians. And um, <laughs> this, this, it's like, okay, well, what, what, what can you call them? They're a celebrity. And I think the advent of like the more personal content that people do create, like, you know, you have your own Twitter account, like, or your own Instagram or your own t- uh, TikTok. Interesting, interesting. Like, there's more of like face, it feels like face to face. And so celebrity has kind of become influencer. But I think that, the relationship mm. between influencer and content creator is similar or the same to celebrity and like, Actor, you know, whatever. Actor, star, writer, basketball yeah, player, exactly. 
Yeah. It, yeah. It's almost, it's almost, no, that's, that's very insightful. It's like famous for, yeah. famous for no reason, except that you're famous. I mean, in, in some cases they're famous for a reason of creating content that is engaging. Right. Cause there, there's sure. definitely influencers who are celebrities, right? Like who, of course, from yeah. other realms, like social, like in particular, we're talking about like social media, digital content influencers. Right. But like, there's a hundred percent influencers in the sports realm. Right. Who are just they have a big impact in anything that they say, anything they do online. But that might not even be their main goal. It's just like just a part of it now. Like, oh, I'm LeBron. (laughs) Like if I go on Twitter and say something, it's I'm an influencer. You know what I'm saying? By default, because I'm already a celebrity. But like Mm -hmm. (laughs) now it almost feels like an influencer is a celebrity who has a more personal touch on their fan base. You know what I mean? Like yeah, social media. Yeah, like like uh <laughs> I think in mo- most cases they do personally grow their fan base as opposed to if you were an actor who becomes a celebrity like you you know you're in a movie or something. So you kind of secondhand I guess grow your fan base mm-hmm. because you did well in someone else's production. While yeah, especially like- with YouTube, you're doing it all yourself. We have our own platforms now. Mm-hmm. We interact directly with our fans. Like like Denzel yeah. Washington is a celebrity, right? Right. But Will Smith is an influencer. Even, you know, before the slap, the slap that was heard around the world, <laughs> he was an influencer. Like Denzel Washington just exists. And like he does his thing. But you don't really like hear about Denzel Washington making motivational TikToks. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like... He, he's like, I live my life, and you see me when I show up on the screen, right? That's his touch on people. Or on, like, interviews. In interviews. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He so, did a speech that, at his college. And that used to be... Was, huh? He did a speech at his college a couple of years ago that went... But, yeah, he doesn't do that but stuff that's, routinely. But that's just, that's just what celebrities always do. They just show up, and then somebody else records yeah. them, and they're oh, like, check out this. But, like, Will Smith is actively engaging with his audience through social media and YouTube and whatever... And like trying to continue to build that, that feels like very yeah. different, you know. The Rock and Kevin Hart kind mm-hmm. of similar thing. I'm gonna give myself a cookie for coming up with. No, that. that's oh, I so. think that's the strong one. Okay, okay. <laughs> let, now this is something I was thinking the whole Have time. Myself. Oatmeal raisin. So where does this all? No. So where does this all end? Right? Like where does this all go? Like tomorrow. <laughs> like <laughs> the world ends tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't like, you heard? Like content creator, and like writer. Content creator, movie director, content creator, musician, right? I, I say that to say, like, I almost feel like there's just like all those things, there's like an expiration date unless you stay relevant or something. Like, it feels like a lot of social media influencers and content creators have like maybe a decade at most oh, yeah. before their career, like, you know, I guess maybe t- it's just YouTube hasn't existed long enough for us to really see what a long form content creator looks like. But it just feels like most content creators last for a little bit and then they wane, like rise, 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 and then they drop. And I guess that would be the same with musicians, right? Or even, I guess, basketball players. But like, what's what's the end goal of a content creator? Do they just like what happens after nobody wants to w- listen, watch Corey Kenshin's channel, you know? So from what I've seen, 
content creators do something I think that's a little bit unique, which is after a while, especially if they've grown, they'll try they'll try something like drastically different hmm. every so often. And then this will kind of, you know, cause a mass exodus in their own communities sometimes, or they'll bring in new people. But it's just like, it seems like on their own, they kind of get sick of, I guess, the the place they're stuck in. And so I feel like that's kind of the the rinse and repeat. And like, if you're big enough in a, in a way that you want to continue, like, you know, PewDiePie, for example, he, he was, he did like all gaming stuff, I think, in the beginning. And then he went on to more like vlogging as of late. Like, it's all just him going places. And it's a completely different form, but he's one of the longest running and one of the most subscribed channels still. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an, an, an influencer for sure, who's more or less dictating, I guess, in a way where people who are, you know, years behind him can go and what they can try. But I think I think you're right in, in the fact that it hasn't been quite long enough to definitively say. But that's what I've seen. I mean, I think it's I think that you might have to look at older art forms. Like what do actors do mm-hmm. if they can't stay relevant? their entire lives i think you know a lot of them try really hard maybe bend over backwards but like i guess people just pick up day jobs you know like they try to use their skills that they've honed to uh to have just like kind of a quote-unquote normal career Hmm. and if they're lucky they can they can find another niche so i i hear horror stories a lot there's a I forget their her name. Uh, there's some some girl on YouTube. Um, she's pretty popular, and then she got a show. She got a she. Uh, yeah, she got a comedy show or something, and everyone was just ragging on her. Lily I do not remember Singh her name. Or whatever. Yes, yeah. it was Lily Singh. She got a show, and people were just dogging on her because it was not good. It was not funny, and they realized that like. She was really popular kind of within her own niche and it did not trend like her skills and her, you know, her brand, I guess, did not translate to another genre, to another like market. Mm-hmm. So that's really unlucky of her um, or unlucky for her. But like, uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, I would hope to see that a lot of like the the comedy channels become maybe professional comedians or writers for show or you know oh that's a good one uh Derek comedy uh donald glover that man is a success story i mean he's he he's a renaissance man the- he's a renaissance he's not he's probably, probably a terrible example because he really is just like a genius but he's i don't know where he started started but when i met him when i stumbled into him <laughs> met him he was uh he was doing Derek comedy which was just this like Kind of like whitest kids, you know, just a young mm-hmm. comedy troupe, a bunch, bunch of guys making bad skits, hilarious bad skits. And then he, uh, what did he do? He wrote with Tina Fey. He was on Community. He was in, and then he, now he's writing and I guess producing and acting in Atlanta. And he rapped for a while. Like he's, well, he's yeah. a musician. He wasn't rapping, I guess. He was a musician. He's well. He was rapping. I mean, let me yeah. not. Yeah, let me not delineate that. He was in the music industry. He did really well for himself, and uh, yeah, he was using his skills from Derek Comedy, 
probably a lot of natural talent and he actually was able to move that into like TV and do really well for himself. So that's great. Oh, and now he's in, he was in a, one of the new star Wars movies too, right? Yeah. He was Lando Calrissian. So he's like a totally, I forgot about that. He unpigeonholed himself from Derek comedy. I mean, that would, that would be the dream. I I think for any, definitely say he's definitely the uh, exception to the rule. Actor, singer, musician, comedian, like any anything he wants to be, he's like he's gonna be it. <laughs> but no, I, I get what you're saying. Actually, you know, I was thinking about it because if you think about, like, say, a musician, an artist, a singer, right? A singer, uh, you know, sing, sing, sing. They have a whole bunch yeah. of like popular hits, and then their genre maybe goes out of style or whatever. And like you said, they have the choice of like, I'm going to keep on making music. But a lot of times they go into that production role, right? They're now like bringing up new artists and in the studio and helping other people. Like, like think of Dr. Dre, for example. Like uh-huh. he was an artist and he could still rap and he could do all that. But his his claim to fame now is like Eminem and all these other artists. Oh, yeah. that he, he exploded from producing others, you know? And I wonder what that path looks like for content creators. Because I do think I've seen it with, like, the Paul brothers, right? They've kind of taken their celebrity from the internet world. And now they've taken it to, like, the marketing kind of world a little bit. Like, they're great marketers of themselves, (laughs) you know, of their celebrity. Like, boxing fights. And one of the Paul brothers has a drink line with another guy ksi i think and like and they're finding ways to make money but they don't re- like youtube's not their thing really anymore right right and right it was a launch pad yeah because yeah a lot of them they they even create studios and stuff based off of where they just you know produce other youtube channels and then just have you know take a cut of their revenue and things like that but you, when you mentioned the the horror stories, Steve, it really got me thinking because when YouTube first like hit the scene, there was there was channels like Smosh mm-hmm. and Fred mm-hmm. that were you know oh no not Fred. getting they were <laughs> they were getting numbers that didn't make any sense you know on on the internet you know hundreds of thousands of views hundreds of of thousands of people subscribing but nobody really knew what that meant and then they were actually kind of some of the ones that pioneered trying to move into movies and so and those completely bombed all of them terrible because and then people started to realize you know the difference between like personalized one and a half minute sketches and then they also found this out with like vine comedians and stars is that it just doesn't oh, translate yeah. to an hour and a half of you oh doing that reminds me weird bits what's his name uh drew gooden he had like three vines that were super popular, and now he has a, I would say, thriving YouTube channel. I don't know what he'll do next, but yeah, he's he's probably a little early in the cycle we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But that was a translation that worked really well. Yeah, and so just I guess the call out to I guess being at an influential part doesn't automatically mean that once you venture out into your new endeavor that even your community is going to support it yeah follow with you if it's bad (laughs) yeah i feel like that's i think you know for any successful enterprise in any industry even outside of like entertainment i think like being able to know when you need to transition 
and what you should transition into is like the yeah. the differentiator between somebody who has a long term successful career and somebody who is gonna stagnate and then struggle and have to find a new job and find a new job because I feel like there are some people who like there's some people who hold on too long. You know what I'm saying? It's like that box mm. that boxer who's 55 years old <laughs> still, but like that boxer might do well to be a coach you know or a promoter or something or a manager you know what i'm saying like transition because okay your time has passed here and i'm really interested to see like what these really popular somewhat younger youtubers do you know after like i think some of them are already doing smart stuff like for example matt pat right like matt pat has his channel but I've noticed that he's, like, created a whole brand. He's created, like, production studios. He's, like... All the different theory channels. Exactly. So when it's all said and done, he could, like, just go straight into the background. Yeah, he's the face. But at the end of the day, he's created a framework for the future, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, I don't know about a Corey Kenshin. Nothing against him. I think he's a great YouTuber. And for those that don't know him, he's, like, a kind of a nerdy, plays a lot of scary games. But, like... Eventually, that's going to dry up. Like, you can't depend on people thinking your reaction to every scary game is going to last for the next 20 years. Right? Yeah. And maybe he's made a lot of money. Sustainability. And he's good. But, like, what is his next transition? Does he transition into branding? Because he seems to do really well with branding with companies like Ubisoft and gaming. It's like, maybe you move into that space. or. But I'm afraid that, like, we're so early in this, this content creator universe that most people don't see a, the next step yet, you know, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see just them disappear, like just evaporate, and then, like you said, they'll be working a normal job. <laughs> they'll be a social I would think social fine. media manager. I don't think manager. there's anything wrong with that. They'll be a social media manager. Yeah, I would think in a lot of ways that content creators are seen as a liability to, you know, that just to transition into, I guess the the role of managing something else or being part of another company's brand. I know they they try those things out like with sponsorships and stuff, but it's like really low end things they can pull out of really quick. But to I guess get to the point to where you think you can rely on just jumping ship to you to Ubisoft because you played a bunch of games. You know, I wonder how that transition will work just because they're still a regular person if if you know like they're not I guess a celebrity who had an agent that said, yeah, you got to behave this way. This is the etiquette. This is how you stay out of trouble. Like a lot of them are just regular folk who, you know, found a niche, found an audience and just grew. But like still at their core, they're still like a normal person who wouldn't really thrive in that sort of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, how do you manage that? I, I, I mean, I think that's. I think that's where, honestly, it just some people are smart business people <laughs> or some people are aware of what their strengths are. Like, for example, I think it's King Vaughn, you know, the black dude who like he did. He was like he got famous on Vine. And he's, I like, remember he's him, kind yeah. of a light skin. He got a kind of big head. He like, what the dog doing? Like, that's oh, okay. that's King Vaughn. But I've seen him in Netflix movies. I've seen him in different things oh, and uh he's kind of like a a chris tucker type in those movies <laughs> if that makes sense yeah, he gets typecast hard kind of comedic 
kind of guy, but but not never leading role. Chris Tucker could do leading no. roles. He's always like the goofy black guy who curses and says, you know, the high energy friend in the background. Exactly. You know, the the comic relief quite a bit. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm, he's getting paid. I'm happy that he's getting paid. But sometimes I look at him. I'm like, you got to get out of that fourth man role. Like, if you're going to stay in this industry, if you want to, like, sustain, because you got to figure out what you're going to do. You know, like, I can feel his career can either take a really great <laughs> turn and he could be, like, an actual actor. Or he's just going to, you know, oh, man, King Vaughn, you know, I remember him, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like. And I, I guess that comes back to what I was saying earlier is that, like, a lot of influencers don't have talent. Like, yeah. they're good at, they're, maybe a lot of them are just lucky. A lot of them are probably just lucky, right? They have <clears throat> some, like, I've, I've said this before about us. Like, I don't think we have this necessarily, but you guys disagree. They have, like, a bubbly personality or they are super attractive or just something about them You're bubbly, brings Steve. viewers. Thanks. Uh, something about them brings viewers, and that's great for them. But then, like you get, like we've been talking about, that eventually fades, and you're left with no marketable skills. Like you haven't been, uh, you di- you didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people didn't learn anything, and there's like some of these people who we've talked about who are like going into production and stuff, like Matt Pat. It's because he learned how to like run, like running the channel was itself like the work that he, like, the skill that the he skill learned, that and that's how learned. that's yeah. what he's using. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can do that. There's just not room in the market for everyone to do that. So you just have to get lucky. Like you had, I, I mean, I'm not going to give advice to anybody here, but you just have to get <laughs> lucky that you have a skill that you're you're honing <laughs> that will be marketable outside of whatever this is. And so with with uh, King Vaughn having a big goofy head and saying what the dog doing <laughs> isn't a skill, right? Like being sort of funny is enough for Vine, but it's not enough for the leading role. Hmm, that's true. I think he suffers not, you know, I, not nothing against the King Vaughn. We're just using you as an example. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to you now. Feelings. I hope your career <laughs> Sorry, is man. going well. But one thing is, like, I feel like it's the same with indie game devs, where, like, you can't necessarily take an indie game dev and then drop them at a AAA studio because... Sure. Yeah. The problem is that you work in a certain environment where you kind of either like, 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 for example, even my own job that I work now, like I, I'm now in these situations where I have budgets to do stuff and I Mm. don't know what to do with that, (laughs) you Mm. know, like, because my whole career, I've always been like doing things like with nothing. And I'll ask for help. I'll ask for budgets, but nobody gives it to me. So I've kind of gotten to this this role where I always go into something, a new idea, a new project, a new program with a concept that I'll have no financial support. <laughs> so now I'm in the situation where somebody approaches me like, hey, you have financial support. What would you like to do with it? And I'm like, bro, <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, like, I don't know what to do with these resources so they have to kind of uh. attach somebody with me who's used to being, even if they're not the person who like made stuff or did stuff, they're a person who like coordinated that stuff. You they know? know how to allocate. Exactly. And they know what to expect and how much things normally cost and, you know, how to ask for a budget and what seems 
reasonable? What doesn't, you know? And I feel like for people who are in the YouTube space who don't evolve, like, hey, let's create more production. Let's, like, a King Von, like, I've seen his videos grow in, pro like, production value. But as far as what I saw him producing was pretty much the same thing. Like, get his homeboys together, they come up with an idea, and they film it pretty quickly, you know? But it's like, you got to take that next step. Okay, cool. Now we need to do, like, a multi-day shoot. Like, how do we do that? Okay, cool. Now we need to hire a cameraman to support this. You know what I'm saying? Like, make those mm, gradual steps yeah. to eventually become a MatPat. Because that's what I believe. Like, when you're saying, uh, Steve, I think MatPat was very intentional about learning the process and then taking one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. And now he's the boss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I, you just made me think of something that's kind of interesting because... I remember watching a channel a couple of months ago. It's called Triple Jump that I thought was a really small channel of just two dudes. And they had, it was like a Christmas special or something, but they were doing shout outs to their staff. And I found out they had like 20 people. And I was like, wow, I thought it was, it was just these regular guys, you know, that were just doing their thing because they're not getting a whole lot of views. And then sometime later, I was watching the interview with uh, Mr. Beast and Joe Rogan. And he was like the, the most important thing that or one of the more important things I did was I surrounded myself with people who were more talented with me, more talented than me, that had great ideas, that were really smart, and that, you know, really the idea of a team when it came to, I guess, the successful content creators has become more evident yeah. to me recently because it, it always, it, they make it really seem like it's a one man show, but then the ones that last and the ones that progress and the ones that eventually move out into other areas or grow in a way that's just exponential seeming it's, it's because that they're not doing it by themselves. And I feel like, like you were just saying, you know, what's his name? King, King Bach. King, what was his name? King Von, I think. <laughs> King Von. There, I think King there is Von. a King Bach. I don't even know. I might be wrong. Anyway, the reason why it seems like he's probably not transitioning well is because, yeah, he didn't grow those skills, but he also didn't have like a proper team. Mm. Yeah. I think that's uh so okay. Let me ask y'all a question. We're gonna do this live okay. on Let's air. What do live. what do you think for for us as a podcast? There it is. There it is. I, was <laughs> I wasn't I mean, I wasn't going this direction, but as Thanks for listening, as, everybody. As Kyle is talking. I mean what 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 would it mean for us to say say we became professional content creators for our podcast? Like, what would it look like for us to really take it to the next step? You know what I mean? Like, for us right mm -hmm. now, we've all, this is like, maybe this is in public knowledge, but like, we do this because we want to. Like, I'm a lot of times pushing us a little bit forward, but like, at the same time, I'm not pushing us forward in a way that like, has any goal other than for us to learn and grow and have, you know, try new things and maybe grow an audience kind of, sort of. But I'm also like lazy myself so <laughs> he's mean to us it's you know, abusive you know a little bit abusive yeah you better do it I'm gonna get, get out the house sorry um but like i think one of those things is we're just doing this for fun right this hasn't become truly work for us yet so anyway yet what do y'all yet what do you think it would look like for this to be like a true like for us to become professional content creators with super agile bros that's a tough question to answer because i feel like 
content creation, and we we heard about this when we were doing more indie dev, is that none of this stuff has a manual, and you can't follow somebody else's model. And so really trying to figure out what it means to grow our team, to delegate to someone, to know what it means to like bring someone else on. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just three of us splitting up the work between us and figuring stuff out. But even even the transition, like we're not trying to transition from podcasting, but the transition into what it means to be like a, a production level, like fully, fully staffed, whatever that means. Yeah. Just making that step to even having one other person <laughs> other than us three. I don't even know what that looks like. Hmm. I think there's a couple of things that I, I can imagine happening. Um, we would probably shift our topics and really dive into the things that we know best. Um, maybe that means we do more in-depth review of games quicker, like as they come out. Um, maybe that means, and not just games, but obviously movies and anime as well. So like really going after the more topical stuff. Uh, I think probably we would do more research on our non-deep dive subjects <laughs> instead of it just being like, hey, what do you guys think? Because uh, if anyone's unaware, like we, at least I, don't do a ton of research. Like all, a lot of this is just off the top of our heads because um, we're so knowledgeable and, mm. and you know, just yeah. brilliant that we can do that. Yeah, the best. Brilliant. But, but it would be better, you know, in spite of our knowledge and brilliance, no. It would be better if we probably did more uh, more research. We could talk about more in-depth things. You know, maybe we could have, like, debates, proper debates with, like, you know, real arguments and stuff. I disagree. I okay. Um, I think we would probably do more outside of the podcast. So, like, a lot of us – well, a lot of us, there's three of us. A lot of times <laughs> – We'll get on and we'll stream like for each other or for some of the guys in our Discord um, or just for anyone, really. But I think if we did more of that, that's more like influencer type stuff, like getting face to face time with people, trying to build our brand, making a website. Um, we have shirts. <laughs> Kyle made shirts for us, which is kind of cool. Uh, and when I say we have shirts, I mean like I have a shirt. Kyle and Brad have shirts. Like we oh, like we gotta post the picture. There are we there have are shirts. <laughs> there are shirts plural. Like not that like we're selling. Merch. Like like they're we, sharing a single shirt. We have a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like us. We have. It's a big jumbo shirt. Um, <laughs> they're wearing it now. <laughs> but as I was saying, you know, to move up, we'd probably be like, oh, we sell merch. Like we sell the shirts. That'd be cool. Merch drop. Um, honestly, having even having the shirt is uh is kind of a step up yeah i've had multiple people ask me about it shout out to cow shout out to cow uh that's a pretty i mean it's also just it looks good yeah it feels nice solid i'm happy i love i love graphic tees that's all i ever wear so it was a good call wait i want to go back kyle you actively said i disagree to something what what Oh, it was nothing in particular. He just said we should debate. He more. said debate. Uh, I said debate. He said he so. Disagreed. I started debating. Him. Oh, I thought you meant you were disagreeing yeah. with. Uh, <laughs> ooh, uh, yeah, okay. multi-level <laughs> jokes there. Um, I, I got you, I Kyle. Compl- we were on the I same page. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I think number one, it would have to be intent. 
number one, like, <laughs> we, we don't have that intent, right? Well, you know, some people do get, like, big with no intention, right? So maybe that's not fair, but I think in reality, I mean, if you hit the lotto, There's right? There's a lot of luck involved. Luck is involved. But I think most successful content creators are not lucky. They're intentional. Like they, Most, I would, yeah, I would agree. they're very clear about what their goals are, about what they're trying to do. They, you know, they think about the market, their audience, blah, 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 blah. Right. That's fair. Right now, like other than like us thinking about topics, like, for example, even what we were, were talking about today, we might have a, a, a discussion about it. But it's normally like, oh, like, let's talk about this. And then one of us goes, ah, what about this? And they're like, no, nah, like, yeah. And then we just like, cool, let's talk about this. <laughs> you know, and like Steve said, we're not like doing hardcore research. It's just where our brain is at the current time, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I feel like we don't have a super intentional goal to be a professional podcast. We just do this. Um, I think another thing is, yeah, we'd have to get our name out there. Like if it's either doing collaborations with other podcasts or content creators or marketing or, you know, buying ads on Google or games or whatever, like, which would also be intentional. And I I don't know, like I've thought about, I mean, I agree, Steve, when you say like, we ought to do more like other stuff. I didn't say we have to no, do no, that. I'm, I, no, I'm saying as far as like growing. <laughs> he demanded it. Growing. I'm sure, saying for sure. us to be like professional or whatever. But also I like. Think it's a. Oh. But, but also I just think some people don't do that stuff at all. They just have like one lane. Like this is what I do. And then maybe they're on Twitter or Facebook or some social media platform. But yeah. What, what were you going to mm-hmm. say, Kyle? I was going to say, I think it's a bit of, of kind of a, a, not a give and take situation, but it's like as you progress. There are certain, I guess, things that come along that make you like it's like since we haven't grown a lot and, you know, our viewership hasn't grown a lot. There isn't a whole lot of people that we're really, you know, influencing or reaching right now. It hasn't really compelled us, I guess, to grow like using the using the term don't grow bigger than your britches type of thing. I like we've, we've been kind of comfortably gaining traction, being consistent. Figuring out processes, and it's like you know, if there was, I guess, infrastructure. Yeah, it's like we don't have, I guess, a whole lot of demand right now that we need to meet, and so I think that's one of those things that would kind of force us into those other areas, and we, I guess, consider those things more heavily than we are now. Not that we're not considering them at all, but it's just like they're not, you know, there's no fire underneath us to get those things done. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would like to clarify really quick. When I said lucky earlier about, you know, influencers not having talent, I meant lucky instead of talent, not lucky instead of intention. So, yeah, Steve I'm glad you said that, Brad. You're all talentless hats. <laughs> all of you. Uh, that, that is what I said, but you're exaggerating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think intent is there, and, and that's important. So I'm glad you said that, Brad. I guess those are probably the three things that make someone – uh successful is intent luck and or talent mm, yeah you need at least one or two of those it's a it's a triangle it's, it's true true you can be talented with no luck and 
you ain't you ain't gonna make it, son. <laughs> with no intention. Well, you, you might. With no intention. You might. Like but... you know, like yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, but yeah. If you're yeah, not yeah, lucky, you're, you, you're not going to. You know. You really um, will. You really would. But you need it. No, it, it makes me like it's. It's just that in many ways, like I really want to see us grow. Like I say this to the guys all the time. Yeah, I love to see us grow. I want us to grow, but at the same time, I think that in order for us to make that next step it would be a opportunity cost, right? We'd have to either put more effort into this in some other areas that we're maybe not strong at, but we'd have to reduce our effort in something else that we may be doing outside of this, right? So it's kind of like, it, it goes back to the question, Steve, I think maybe you posed this or some one of y'all posed this, like when does a hobby or something that you do for fun become work you know what i mean mm-hmm. like when is what what is that transition for y'all because for me it's like i love like i really enjoyed making my youtube channel and it was growing and i was enjoying it but i think reality is like the reason i haven't made a new video i have the content ready i could record it tomorrow <laughs> like honestly but i think I'm at this point where my YouTube channel feels like it's just a job that I have to do and it's gone further than what my intention was. You know what I mean? Like my intention was to make videos on YouTube and grow an audience that would have impact and help people like develop or make games or grow in certain skills but now I feel like I struggle because I have people asking me to do certain videos or make certain things. And like, I'm cool and I want to do that, but there's a lot of effort involved in that. There's a lot of like planning and it detriments things like this. Like if I'm doing that, I can't really spend time thinking about what we would do for super agile bros. You know what I mean? And now it's mm-hmm. just work. Like now if I make a YouTube video, like, all right, let's do this, you know? I that, think yeah. I think that so the way I see it is that there and maybe maybe it's splitting hairs but I'll explain what I mean but that there's kind of a difference between work and what's a job. It's like I think when whenever what you're doing that you've done because you wanted to, you know, when it when you do it and you you put a lot of work into it, it can become your job. But I think that there's also an opportunity, you know, like for us now, right? Like the, we're putting in work in this podcast. This is what we want to do. But then we have a day job and like we leave or when the day job's over, then that's when our work begins. Cause like, you know, you can get fired from a job, but like the work that you produce, you can't get fired from that. So it's like in, in my mind, there's a little bit of a difference. And like, again, it might be splitting hairs, but I feel like it's different when, you know, what you love to do becomes work and it's also profitable like you you can you're making money off of it and then i think there's a transition that can happen when the work you're doing becomes the mundane thing that we consider to be a job and then that's like the hard part because like you don't you don't have to get motivated necessarily to to do the work because that's what you love to do that's what you want to do that's what you're made to do that's what you feel like you're you're in your being when you're when you're doing that work putting in that work but when you're on the job it's soul sucking you know well, I, I might disagree a little bit because to me, 
like if I was work for a job, I think I'd be more inclined to do it. Maybe maybe once again, where like definitions of job and work are different. But let's just say if I knew that when I put time into my YouTube, I would get some like. Uh, I don't want to say monetary, but some gain that actually mattered to me. Sure. Then I'd probably continue to invest in it. But right now, I don't can't see a gain that's worth the effort, you know? Like, I can see a gain worth the effort even with this. Like, even though I'm not putting more work into the Super Agile Bros than I am currently doing, but I could see myself putting another extra 20, 30, 40% and getting something out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's not feasible because of life, but I could see it, you know? And if somebody told me, hey, y'all are, you know, we, we have plenty of listens and plenty of followers that I'm happy with. But like if somebody said, oh, like, hey, you guys are making enough money to support all three of your lifestyles and your goals financially. You know, I'm like, well, it's now work, but it's a job. Okay, I might be willing to do this more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. But I think what seems to be the difference for me is um is so right now this doesn't have like there's a challenge that i've kind of set for myself you know to do the work involved with this podcast um and that's fine like challenge is good it's something i've set for myself and it's there's satisfaction and stuff with completing a challenge i think the difference when it would feel like work is if is if this demanded a commitment of me yeah. You know, like not something that I do for myself, but that I do for outside forces. That's when it would become work. So so to be more clear, an external commitment, like so n- n- no longer intrinsic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not getting in. It's like intrinsically you're like, oh, like this is what I want to do for X, Y and Z reason. I do this for this. But if all of a sudden, yeah. you know, somebody said, hey, Steve, I'm going to need you to record three episodes this week and also research this and play these two games and be ready by Friday, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that difference where that difference is for most, for everybody will depend on how motivated you are. So for me, I'm not very motivated. So I fall much more on the side of like, look, I just want to goof off and have fun and like hang out with you guys. Whereas someone like Brad, who's I think a lot more motivated than I am, uh, both of you probably are, but I think Brad is like the motivation guy here. For um, sure. Yeah, but like, I think for Brad, he probably falls more on the side of like, well, I was going to do all this stuff anyway. So for me, it doesn't feel like a commitment. But then like this other stuff, which is like way more intense, that would be a commitment. That's when it's not work. Or that's when it becomes work. Uh, so that in my head, that's that's kind of where things fall. So like my job I do enjoy my job. People are like, oh, if you enjoy your job, you'll never work a day in your life. That's not true because while I enjoy my job, it's still work. It is. There are, it there still is takes a commitment. Effort. Yeah. Yeah. There's a commitment involved in my job that's higher than like I might feel like giving at a given time. Yeah. Yeah. Fi- yeah that, that, that phrase has some dangerous connotations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a falsehood. 
And I, I don't think any person who who says that actually has ever like enjoyed their work. Y- yeah, or or <laughs> <laughs> never been there. Supported, so they can, had to support them. Yeah, like who who've had to really think about it from a purely like survival standpoint. <laughs> yeah, like oh, you have the benefit of like you could do whatever you want because it doesn't really matter. But yeah, like. I like my job. I, I really enjoy my job that I currently have. But 100% is work. I had seven meetings today. You know, like seven meetings that in six of them I hosted directly. You know, Ooh. like you you can't tell me that's not work. Even if I enjoy it, even if I enjoy the outcomes of it, even if I enjoy interact with the people in those meetings, it's still work. I still get tired. I still have to take a rest. And this the reality is like, I think where I'm landing in all content creation in general is that I do enjoy it and I don't I like I still to this day I'm not sure if that's what God has for me to be like an entertainer, content creator, you know what I'm saying? Like that world. I do know when I'm the most alive is when I'm creating something and producing something. Like I feel like that's where I'm like truly using the gifts that God has given me. But at the same time it's just this balance of, but will this put food on the table though? You know? So if, if something I'm doing content creation wise starts to bleed over into like affecting things that put food on my table and I don't believe that thing is going to put food on my table, <laughs> then it's work that's unacceptable. Yeah, you got to drop it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not worth it. Like, it's not pushing me forward in a direction that's going to help me or my family or my friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think the the value has to be there in some capacity. You know, like even if it's not quote unquote lucrative, to be a detriment to yeah your lifestyle or affecting your family negatively or even your mental health or something because you're feeling some sort of tremendous weight having to produce you know content every week or whatever. Then yeah, that's definitely where it becomes a problem. Yeah. And I mean, I I think it's one thing that we don't think about with this podcast in general is that I was thinking about this the other day. This podcast, as we've created and we've gone down this process of continually bit by bit, like for all of our listeners out there, like just know that we really enjoy doing this. We're so thankful for you listening and we are trying to grow like, you know, we might be like, ah, like this is something we do for fun. But that doesn't mean we're not trying to do our best with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we want it to be nice, you know, and presentable. Sure. But that does that is at our pace. You know what I mean? Like at the speed that we can do. And one thing I've been really proud of is just and and why I do believe that we are content creators and I feel very confident in saying that is that we continue to push ourselves a little bit more every time right we continue to just grow a little bit more try to make this a little bit better experience for ourselves and our listeners you know like even with the change of going from 50 to 51 to 52 like even like a small thing that might not seem like a big deal is like changing the the intro song like that's a big deal you know having an intro like that's a big deal and we're putting our heart into that kyle making shirts for us yeah, maybe none of y'all will ever get a shirt <laughs> unless, you know, you could send me a, a 
a blank check with your signature on it, and I got you. <laughs> I got you. But like, you, you may will or get may not. a shirt at some point. <laughs> You'll get a shirt at some. Point. It won't even have super agile bros on it. It'll be a blank, <laughs> be a blank shirt. Like it came from us. Um, <laughs> a used white but, T-shirt. But each of these things is like a step forward for us, and not that things get easier, but we are getting more. We're getting better at it, if that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Everything's yeah, we're we're slowly investing more and more. You know, I've uh I've been thinking about the fact that now we have pretty consistent uh video game stock running during the YouTube videos. And mm-hmm. you know, all of us are like pitching in and recording our, our game sessions mm-hmm. for that. Um so you'll see me on Hades at some point in the next in the next couple of YouTube videos. Maybe on this one, who knows? Ooh, ooh. Ooh. Yeah, so <laughs> that reminds me. When we released our trailer a few months ago, there was like clips of Hades gameplay. And I was thinking, like, man, I play Hades so much and we used so, some like random dude stock footage. <laughs> what a, what, what a, you know, that's missed what opportunity. Missed opportunity. Exactly. So now we got we got more of that. Um and I'm, I've, I've been working on a way to, like, transcribe our stuff so we can have better timestamps. I've been kind of slacking that the last couple of weeks. But, you know, all this new AI technology is coming out. So maybe it's a good time to jump back in. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're laying down infrastructure and, like, process. Um, we have more. We just, we just added a new channel to our Slack just for discussing, like, the release schedule and the little, uh, the stupid little bylines and... <laughs> descriptions of stuff that you guys read when you see our posts so we didn't have that we were just doing it all in one place we were doing it all the last minute now we're more scheduled you know it's there's a lot of incremental changes going on it's pretty cool actually man and that's it's, i think it's really important that you guys are bringing up the little victories i guess that are easy to overlook because you, not to say it wrong, but you can forget where you came from <laughs> yeah. when it comes to, to stuff like this. You know, yeah, we are 50 plus episodes deep. And so there are things that are just like second nature to us now where even even having a, you know, remembering to have a conversation about what the title of the video mm-hmm. was early, early days. It was a problem, yeah. you know, or and yeah, make sure we had consistent, you know, intros outros all that stuff and it's like hours and and days if not sometimes a week of us back and forth figuring stuff out and you know once once we've got it to a place to where it's kind of seamless i think we take it we almost at least i'll say me i kind of take it for granted sometimes Mm -hmm. that we have these conversations and that we just remember to routinely bring this stuff up whereas it still takes effort every time we do but it's no longer that initial effort of remembering to do it. It's just part of our process now. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, one of the things you did, Brad, early on was like uh, go on Reddit and stuff and post to people about starting a podcast and seeing what other people did. And, you know, I feel like we're getting to a place to where as far as influencers are concerned, that we have tools and resources and processes and ideas and suggestions if somebody wanted to start a podcast yeah. or just become a content creator in general because we're on so many different platforms you know the things to expect what you have to plan for and things of that nature that you wouldn't even you just wouldn't know about if you hadn't been there yeah it makes me think what you said earlier kyle about what was it the the something bros no no the 
who have like a team of 20 or something what, what was that oh yeah uh, triple jump triple, triple jump. jump and i and i get it now especially being in this place i mean number one i'm super thankful like yeah like as time has progressed i think that everything we do as a, a podcast has become more collective you know before i used to make all the titles for the videos that's why they're all trash right <laughs> but, but now we discuss them <laughs> like like oh like what do you think da, da, da. you know um before i was coming up with all the topics that's why like, the first five episodes were just all over the place right <laughs> but now we like discuss it a little bit more you know sometimes sometimes we already know what's coming because we've already scheduled it right like steve has gone through the process of giving us a whole scheduling so we kind of know what's coming and what's happening mm-hmm. and you know Kyle is very good about making sure, oh, the, the title cards are made. Here's the idea. What do you guys think mm. about this? You know, nuancing thing, getting our ideas. So we kind of have this, I wouldn't say intrinsic because it's definitely something that we had to work for, like creating these systems. But I really do get why content creators have teams because the more I feel like the more you have working together collectively, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. And also creating systems and frameworks where you feel like you could just, I don't want to say plug and chug, but more like know what, like, hey, we already have the basic set. Let's work on the thing to make it better. You know, like we we don't have to think about how do we record, guys? You know, like we have a checklist before we (laughs) record every episode. So like quality is consistent now. Cool. Let's move to the next thing. You know? Yeah. were, Were you about to say something, Steve? Uh, I don't think so. I've just been vibing. Just vibing. Just feeling it. <laughs> just rush over my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just chewing five gum. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, we were uh, we were talking. I mean, we're talking about creative endeavors, right? This whole thing kind of has been swirling around creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. What are, aside from like streaming on Twitch, what are some creative endeavors that you guys maybe could see uh, us getting into? kind of like alongside the podcast as part of the brand. So like in uh, in the Discord, we, we've been talking about writing the last day or two. And, um, you know, one of the guys sent us like a little short story that he wrote for work. And I sent him one of the short stories I wrote about work. <laughs> and we were just, we were talking about stuff like that, you know. And I'm, I've been thinking all day, like, oh, I want to maybe try uh, NaNoWriMo's coming up in November. I haven't ever done that before. It's super uh super scary to even think about but i don't know what are some like kind of out there creative stuff you guys have been thinking about if anything so so super agile bros video game (laughs) just just us jumping a game it has to be be a side scroller like (laughs) (laughs) before we answer this question i want to say something to our discord community directly that like i actually really smiled so recently I, I went to the guys and I said, hey, y'all. So so currently I'm in the actively making a game like I'm putting it together. I'm about to start playtesting some of it. And and I and I said to them, like, hey, guys, like, I don't feel comfortable putting my playtest in a random channel, like in like diluting our our, you know, our, our discord. Other conversations. Other conversations. Where do you think I should put mm-hmm. it? Should I put it in random? Da, da, da. And then Kyle was like, oh, we should make a creative channel where we could discuss anything creative, you know? And so we were going back and forth on what we'd title it, what would be its purpose. So I made the channel and 
I just like at, posted like a few things in there, like, hey, like if you're interested in this, you know, and then I put the purpose of the channel and then like I got busy. So I kind of like stepped away from Discord for a few days. And so I came back and I was like, I was so proud of our community. Like, like without us necessarily saying like, do this guys, like the creative channel is a thing now, like just discussion. And I was like, this is really cool. Like it's like actually creative discussion. We created a space for it and our community, there was something there, you know, I don't know. I was really proud of that. Like, like our community is really awesome. So shout out to everybody in the discord. Um, yeah. Like. But Not to sound like too corporate, but the engagement is is very good in the Discord. <laughs> the KPIs that we're engagement, using, though. the key performance indicators we're using for the Discord. <laughs> but no, but really, uh, but anyway, back to the question: What are the things? Yeah, go ahead, Kyle. You were going to say something. I was. What was I, I sure started? Was. And I think I kind of cut you off. I don't even remember what I was gonna say. No, I think you cut yourself off, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you started. So, what was the question again, Steve? Sorry, uh, I don't remember. Oh, no. you asked uh, <laughs> what are the, what are the next steps we we could take outside of? Yeah, it was it was like what not necessarily like next steps, not a plan, but just kind of like what wild, interesting, creative endeavors. Yeah, endeavors. Do you guys think that we could possibly ever connect? So, like, I would think about writing. I guess you know it'd be interesting to think about a super agile's book. Super agile book. Super agile um, book. <laughs> yeah. SAP. The, the book that bites back. Um, mm. I'm so far away from writing a book. Please do not expect a book from me. Anybody. You, you should say a pamphlet. <laughs> a pamphlet. A, 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 a blog. A novella. A, blog. a white paper. A white paper. Yeah. <laughs> it really would. Honestly, knowing me, it would probably read like a white paper. <laughs> So I I want to. I mean, you mentioned it kind of off the cuff. You said, but you said a game, Brad. No, that was oh, that was God. that was me. It was that was a joke. But in in the vein of gaming, though, I I really like the streams, like streaming, and uh, so I think getting more consistent or figuring out something with those, I guess, to make them, I guess, a, a bigger part of our community would be really fun. Because I know that we do have people in our community who do stream as well, and so just. I feel like Twitch or wherever you stream would be a great place for us to just meet up and hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Discord has been great for that, but I don't know. Just being in a stream is, is different. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think Kyle just, you know, recently was streaming the game we made and, you know, he streamed. You know, I mean, Kyle, I mean, Steve streams as well. I don't really stream as much as y'all, but just even jumping in and just being like a second voice just being the color commentary was just fun like just saying stuff oh yeah i remember this and da 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 so i think that would be like like i i don't want it to be a thing that's the biggest thing to me sure. like <laughs> yeah i enjoy just hanging with y'all and talking and i enjoy our community and people who like talking to us talking to us <laughs> so the last stream that we did when we had like five or six people in the chat just chatting like that to me was fun because it felt like it was like an actual hangout you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so i'd like our, our streams to be like more hangouts where we're like maybe it's just kyle playing a game and we're all hanging out talking about it um yeah i think that just would naturally fit because we're already chatty cathy's 
Yeah, the spon yeah. the spontaneity definitely needs to be, I think, a staying point to some degree. Just because, yeah, every the the reactions to everything just seems more visceral, I guess, when it's and like we can have a consistent podcast up, upload schedule, but everything else can be spontaneous. <laughs> I'm down with that. I like that. It's especially good for me because I already play games, and so just streaming them, <laughs> you know, isn't that much more work. I already yeah. play games. <laughs> in his white paper i already play games you should play yeah. them as well they're very enjoyable um <laughs> they're good for relaxation unless you're playing dark Souls. i, I, mean, I mm. actually like this is something steve you kind of are saying the writing thing but i honestly think we could like like write make and actually i was thinking about this outside of the podcast but like I was thinking about how one skill I believe that we have now individually and maybe collectively is just how to get something started, you know, like in like to continue it. And and yeah. I think on that writing vein, it would be cool for us to like write a book about how to create a podcast, you know, like what it takes to make one that's consistent, sustainable and still enjoyable for you, you know, um, or just how to how to be friends. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that self help book. Self -help I love book. it. Don't read this self help book. You know, um, reverse psychology. Ooh. You know, um, this is a self hurt book. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> self hurt. Double reverse psychology. Oh my gosh! Self hurt book. <laughs> Yikes. Um, don't do that so yeah I mean I feel like I stole y'all's ideas but yeah thanks you know. <laughs> other than that Thief. I don't know I think it'd be cool for us to I mean, do stuff I don't know like I don't know like for me half the interest in writing the last couple well, honestly it's mostly been renewed because of the conversations we've been having but it's always kind of been in the back of my head like oh you know when I was younger I thought I would I could be a writer I wrote a little bit. Um, and I think most of the interest these days isn't necessarily to like get published or get famous or have even like a good finished product, even though obviously just like this, I would like to have a good finished product. I think I just don't want my brain to rot. Mm. You know, like I want to, I want to exercise my brain in some way and mm. in, in a creative way. And, uh, you know, I play so many games. I'm like, oh, I would love to make a game. That'd be sick. But I think writing something is a lot closer to within my grasp. Yeah. Just because of who I am and the experiences I've had and the expertise that I have. And especially the expertise that I don't have. So that's why I say, oh, I want to write something. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be jumping into the NaNoWriMo this mm. year. We'll see if my schedule allows it. But, um, you know, just even if nothing good comes of it, I think what they've done is a really interesting idea. Like, just write something. Even if it's 50,000 words of garbage, just write something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can sounds get like a, that. That sounds like a similar mentality behind, like, game jams. Game jams, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Heck, I should, we should do Nano Gimo. Am I right? <laughs> mm. You're not right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I am right. Maybe that could be our, our thing for Super <laughs> Agile Bros. We just have like national novel Yo. 
game, I, game writing. I think I've already <laughs> told you guys about what I really want to do in the long term. I just think it takes more effort and more planning. I don't, I kind of, I'm going to put it out there, but I honestly want to create an adult gaming league, like a super agile bros adult gaming league, where it's like season based, where we play different games throughout the season. And like at the end of the season, there's like a winner. So like beginning season is Fortnite. The next season, I mean, the first like multiple matches of games. Like, so the first two weeks is Fortnite. The second two weeks, it's Mario Kart. The next three weeks, you know, like, and it's like this bracket of adult gamers and we're like, somebody might be better at Mario Kart, <clears throat> Steve. <laughs> so he's like, he's going to get a lot of points in that season, that part. Kyle's also pretty good at you Mario know, Kart. At that part, <laughs> but like, you could come back in another game or some would be multiplayer, some would be like single player, like just something where we could just play games together, just collectively as adults with real lives and knowing that none of us are tryhards, like in the realest sense, um, but it would still be challenging because we're all mm-hmm. gamers. Um, so I'd love to have sufficiently a, sweaty. Yeah, sufficient. I think we could come up with something. We can work on that. We can talk more after this. Yeah. So the super edge our bros adult gaming league. Huh, sorry. I was gonna say on, on that note of I guess coming up with things afterwards. I I love the community input too when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, I think you know figuring out I guess how to make suggestions and stuff a little bit i don't want to say easier to collect but just to know i guess because i feel like the the creative discussion channel is something that we could have done sooner mm-hmm. but you know really didn't have i guess a vision for yeah we didn't know and i feel like there are other things like that that would benefit us in both the discord community as as far as its healthiness and ability to thrive as well as our growth and our, sure. our, I guess, our reach and things of that nature, you know, just things that we just aren't aware of that we could imp- start implementing. Mm. Yeah. More community input. So, Steve, you won't like this suggestion. Okay. But <laughs> I think it's something that we could actually probably do pretty well. And <laughs> I almost feel like we could probably do commentary on, like, interesting topic, like, you know, there's YouTube commentary channels. They play a video and they talk about a thing and their opinions and thoughts. Like, I feel like if we really wanted to, we could get into the commentary space in a different way. Like, we're a trio. We talk about it. And we're also not overly disrespectful. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, like, deep dives I on like current it. events. Like, we're disrespectful. Like, just check out our um, our Slack. But, like, I think... Like, I think we could have very <laughs> nuanced and interesting perspectives on what's happening in the world that just is not talked about, you know? Like, we all have a different, we have a different background and goals than I think some other channels, like, in life. I mean, like, life goals. And I think that our belief systems, what we would and would not do, like, if something came up that's like topical, I think we could have an interesting take on it that would be meaningful to people. But yeah, you'll definitely have to do more to convince me some some other time. <laughs> he is not convinced. <laughs> I have not yet been convinced. <laughs> you know, so I don't know, man. I mean, content creation is one of those things that 
I don't know if I ever knew that I would be in it, but I feel, I don't know. You know, one, I guess last question for y'all. Did y'all ever think you would be content creators? Uh, not recently, but like I said, when I was younger, I thought maybe I could be a writer or write. Okay. Um, so I guess in, in the specific terms of content creator, probably not, but I feel like most of my life, um, I've spent trying to do things that allows me to make stuff for other people. Hmm. Um, and so when I was younger, I used to make like comic books and stuff that I want other people to read and then yeah, transitioned into game development a little bit. And now, yeah, I'm running my side business, making T-shirts. And so it's just and then before that, I was, you know, heavily into freelance graphic design, video editing, just stuff that I could make for people either to enjoy or that they send to me. They want me to fix something. They want me to do something for them. I don't know. And so I, I'm, I think that all kind of falls under the umbrella of content creation. Um, my, my first journey, I guess, into YouTube, I didn't feel like it was going to be something that I would maintain. And I didn't. <laughs> my, <laughs> my YouTube channel is very dormant. And so mm-hmm. I, I never saw myself, like I guess, sticking somewhere with content creation in this way even though I've always kind of enjoyed doing it. Yeah. But I always knew I was going to be making stuff for people in some capacity. Yeah, I can feel that. I, I You know, I got to shout out one of my homeboys, Depot. Hey, what to do, Depot? Um, hey. Because I feel like he's always been a believer in me and being a creative. Like, he's always like, yo, man, you should do this. Or, yo, like, he'll, like, throw ideas, especially when we were, like, younger and in college, he'd, like, throw ideas my way. But I always, like, thought to myself like yeah like that's a little bit beyond my pay grade right like making videos or recording things or you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. it just never occurred to me that i would actually be able to do it you know i think i think the first time i actually thought that maybe i could make put content online is when i used to break dance or b-boy i used to record all of the uh videos in our local scene like every battle Every, like I knew everybody's name because I was a part of the community. So I was like putting up my videos on my YouTube channel. And then like people would reach out to me like, hey, man, can you put up the video between this person and this person? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting up soon. You know, like, hey, do you have this video? Or they like up tell me like, oh, that that person is this person, you know, and this is my YouTube channel from back in the day. Yeah. And I was starting to realize like, oh, like I could just keep doing this and I could maybe grow a following. But yeah relevant content i never i never thought about it i just was like oh that'd be cool but i never invested and so it's cool to be here now where i'm like i'm investing in something maybe it's just a hobby and what i do for fun but i feel like like you said kyle like i feel happy to be here so it'd be like that well cool well any last any last thoughts on this old content creator boys and girls situation or y'all boys what (laughs) Excuse you? <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts, Steve? No. <laughs> no, I have no more thoughts. I'm all out of thoughts. His brain is empty. <laughs> yeah. So is my stomach, man. I'm hungry. Aren't you guys hungry? It's dinner time. It, it do be dinner it's time. True. It do be dinner time. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, like, we talked about this 
in like episode 50 you know like like we never thought we'd get this far recently but we here but i feel like i i'm really interested to see like what content creation what it what it does it become like something that eventually is like becoming an, an actor or a movie star where it's just like the boundaries like the the barrier to entry gets even higher in 10 years from now like ah. like this is you know or or does it always feel like this where it's just just lots of trash and then <laughs> some people doing it right um <laughs> will influencers be a thing in the future uh but yeah i mean thanks for listening to this episode of super agile bros you know we we love making this for y'all we do it for fun we do it for the fam we do it for the discord we do it for ourselves but this is just this is just what we do especially for the money for the money we are professional content creators you know <laughs> professional steve doesn't get paid but me and kyle we pull in them racks on racks on racks you know He's the racks of rats. Yes, <laughs> racks of cockroaches. Yes. Red mama. Um, I was like, if he don't do it, I'm gonna do it. Um, <laughs> you know, I had to. I hate you. <laughs> mama. So, um, once again, as I always do, I you. I want to thank the brothers themselves, uh, Mr. Kyle. Thank you for being here today. It, it was a thank joy. you, Mr. Bread. Yes, yes. You know, he'd be I'll be, and of course, welcome back, Steve. We're happy to have Welcome you back. back. Um, you know, I gotta confess, I uh, everything I said at the beginning was, was true. Totally made up. It was all made mm. up. I, I just heard you guys say it last episode. I thought it'd be funny to repeat mm. it. You know, please don't, please don't take it to Pure heart. Pressure. In his in his endeavor to write, that was the first thing he wrote down. <laughs> he's definitely he's gonna <laughs> submit to the <laughs> <laughs> like. He was so focused on when he would write, he didn't consider what ooh, he would write. Look at that strong start. That's all you submit. <laughs> That's all I submit. You win. And I lose because the only ingredient Somebody is be like, this is making words. a statement about what writing really is. Even in these <laughs> words, he's saying more than we can even understand. You'd win. You'd win. I'm just going to send in five photographs because each photo is 10,000 words. <laughs> Get Snap. banned from, for 10 years <laughs> in the competition. <laughs> like, how dare you? Um... But as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being our fans, our supporters, our people for listening this far. Like it really means the world to us. This is something we love doing and we'll keep on doing it as long as the Lord allows us. So um, thank you for just being here. And uh, as always, if you don't know, you can listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And we also have a Facebook page that goes by the same name as our podcast, Super Agile Bros. So find us on the Facebooks. At the end of the day, if you don't know where to find us, just Google search us and we'll Google come us. up. We are the realists, the professional content creators. So as, <laughs> as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, y'all take it easy. Bye. Oh, mm. interrupted. Yeah, I got, I got no, in you, you messed I up I my flow. Already. You messed up my flow. I have a flow <laughs> to this. I have a flow. <laughs> And until next time, peace.